record to the cloud, start a timer. Let's dive right into this conversation. Uh, jumping back into another one. We've had a lot of episodes coming out lately on the podcast, ranging from a multitude of different topics, from Bitcoin to uh, some NIL that uh, we'll be releasing here soon, talking marketing and numbers. But today uh, we're back on the topic of skills. And, and for players or parents out there listening, uh, today's episode is going to revolve around how to become a better shooter and the four traits that make a great shooter. So in order to have this conversation, I needed a great shooter to join the podcast. And normally I'm talking trash to him, but today I will be nice. Uh, Ross Schrader is joining the podcast from PSB Denver. Ross, welcome in. Glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. We've been, uh, Ross and I have been going back and forth with some uh, shooting trash talk. But if we're going to be honest, Ross, I want you to take a minute or two here to give the audience uh, just a quick background. I I'm going to ask you to brag a little bit, speak highly of yourself, or, or I'll have to. Um, but just let the audience know really quick on a serious note from you know high school, mainly college on. Uh, your professional basketball career, uh, including, you know, what you did, the position you played and, 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 and mostly what you brought to the offensive side of the floor. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm from Denver, Colorado, and um, I went to college at UC Irvine, University of California, Irvine, um, played there for five years, redshirted a year. So I was there for five years. Um, and uh, then after that, I played in Spain for six years, played very briefly in Italy as well, but mainly, in Spain. And um, yeah, I mean, from a, from a playing standpoint, I was, I was a shooter. I mean, there were a lot of other things I could do on the court too. It wasn't just mm -hmm. like that was all I could do, but that was definitely my skill that I could do better than most. Um, you know, started out as a, as a freshman sophomore who uh, was, that was really all I was doing on the court. I would get on, get in the court for nine, 10 minutes a game. And if I made a few shots, I might stay in for a few more minutes. If not, I'd come back out, but um, then, uh, you know, eventually progressed to being a two-year starter, played the most minutes my, my junior and senior year of anybody on the team, started both years, um, led the team in, in three-point percentage, I, I think, every year of college. I was uh, a leader in the conference my senior year, and I finished fourth in the nation my senior year in three-point percentage. What percentage um, was that? Um, I was at like 40, 47-ish. I think it was between 47 and 48. Any idea, um, like roughly how many you attempted? 100, 150, 200? Uh, well, so that that was like the official NCAA, NCAA statistics. And to get listed in that, you had to average two and a half makes a game. So okay. um, it wasn't just like somebody who was, you know, like like 10 for 20 on the year. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So it was, yep. it was a lot of guys. I mean, I, I finished my career as the career leader in three-point uh, field goals made at, at, at Irvine. It's since been broken, but um, – I don't remember what I want to say. I made maybe like 80 ish my, okay. my, my yeah. senior year, if I remember nice. correctly. Nice. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So then I went overseas and again, as you get overseas, the game kind of slows down you in, in, in a sense because players are better, more skilled. So there are more specialists out there. So, you know, that was definitely my role over there was, was being able to shoot. Um, I finished in all six years, I finished in the top five in the league in uh percentage and makes in three point shots. And then um, I think my second year I, I led the league. My second year was great. I, I, I played with one team, uh, had some issues on that team in terms of financial issues. So halfway through the year, I went to another team, but on the, the first team I was on, we were really good and I had some really good players. So I was, I think I was shooting around like 50 ish percent 
Um, and then I went to another team that was, we ended up winning the championship and there was some amazing players on that team. That was the easiest job I ever had. I just stood out there <laughs> and got wide open shots. And I, I think I shot, um, what was it? I, I think I was like 58% or something yeah. from threes playing with them. That was like the best, that was the best I've ever shot. Cause it was just, it was so simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I think that year two teams combined in that season, I finished like 52 or 53%. So that was, that was my definitely my best shooting year of all time yeah but. yeah man that's awesome to hear i'm gonna cut you off because i know you're i know you well we become we've been getting uh becoming better friends and you're a, a very humble guy i didn't know you were such a baller for like the first year working here because you're not out here parading that so i appreciate you taking a minute and, and talking that up and that's a lot of made threes from distance and obviously to play professional at a high level you got to do more than just be able to catch and shoot so uh, sure. i know you were more than that but i wanted the audience to know that as we kind of move through this conversation um you did this at an extraordinarily high level and, and we're going to lean on kind of some of your uh expertise as we jump into it so the four traits that make a great shooter uh I, I think i want to preface it it's not rocket science there are you know so many traits that a great shooter does need but you and i were messaging back and forth and we came to these four as as four really big pillars that are consistent amongst uh great shooters and on that note number one is consistency um in everything you do from your preparation uh to your mentality uh to your form to your physical mechanics being consistent as a shooter uh as well as like a coach looking down on his bench, knowing he needs needs perimeter shots hit, being able to pull you in and you consistently knocking down that quarter three corner three because of your preparation. Uh, I just want you to speak on consistency, the importance of it, playing whether it's a middle schooler or playing at the highest level professional basketball. Sure, specifically well, yeah. for a shooter, specifically in sure. that role. Yeah, I mean, I mean, being consistent starts with just your your physical rep that you're you're you know going through in order to get the shot off um you know shooting the exact same shot every single time uh so you know what's going to happen that way you can kind of judge your makes and your misses mainly your misses so it's like i can tell what i did wrong and i can kind of self-correct that um mm -hmm. as i go and i mean that's you know when we run shooting clinics with with young kids and and even high school kids that's the biggest thing is find that consistent stroke and i always say if you if you look at all the shooters out there in the in the world there are a bunch of different ways to shoot the ball, right? There's, there's yep. no like one tried and true way that like, Hey, this mm -hmm. works every single time. I mean, I always say Steph Curry shoots it differently from Clay Thompson and they're both, you know, elite, elite, maybe two of the best ever shooters out yep. there. Um, and what they do though, is they shoot the same shot every single time they have the same rhythm and mechanics and all that. And I mean, even look at a guy, like I always use Reggie Miller, right? Like Reggie Miller's shot, like looks kind of funky, Right. But like he did it over and over and over and over again for years and years and years. And so it's, it's one of those things that you can have somebody who doesn't have a shot that looks that great, but they've just shot it so many times and they've done it the same way so many times that they're an effective shooter. I think a good example of that most people probably wouldn't know, uh, but here in Denver, we have Bones Highland, who's a rookie with the Nuggets. He was at, uh, I think, VCU. Okay. Um, and we actually had him. He, he came to one of our gyms this summer when the Pepsi center was closed for, for COVID and we were watching him shoot and it was the same thing. I was like, man, that guy's shot just doesn't look right. But the guy makes a ton of shots and he's making threes right now because he just does the same thing every single time. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, that's a great point. I said the same thing. I say the same thing all the time and you and I have talked. So I already know you feel the same way. I, I use the Steph Clay one all the time. Their shots are not the same. They're actually 
Like if you really slow it down frame by frame, they're really different. They, they, sure. they hold their elbows at different locations, everything. I actually think clay has one of the most like quote unquote picture perfect jump shots. If you are trying to mathematically break down what we believe is the picture perfect jump shot, but maybe this conversation even says there really is no picture perfect. It's just, can you repeat your same motion consistently? Now, if anyone out there is listening, there are definitely commonalities amongst a great shooter, typically getting your shooting elbow under the ball, having a high follow through those things matter. But if you can do those decently well, but just consistently repeat your motion, it's going to make a big difference come game time when you're relying on muscle memory and, and in those, uh, those moments where you don't have time to think it's just got to be that reaction and you've practiced it so much. And that kind of leads me in what I want to know, Ross, genuinely from, from my interest, what did that look like for you you had to become very consistent in your routine uh, mechanics your form to be able to shoot over 50 percent at any level of basketball I don't care if you are in middle school basketball that's extraordinarily difficult I don't care if you're playing against uh, nobodies it's hard to make half your shots in a game how did you get to that level of consistency like maybe as a younger player what did a day-to-day look like for you were you did you have like I'm going to make 300 shots every day or or did you have any routines that were pretty consistent that led to your success Yeah, I was never one who was like a, I got to get up 300 shots today or 100 shots or 500 shots. I I never had that in mind. I just wanted to always shoot the ball whenever I could. And so, I mean, I was, I was fortunate that my dad was a high school coach and I had older brothers who all played. So like I was, I was in the gym from a young age and my, my, my dad still jokes when I was like six years old, I would come into my brother's middle school practice and I wouldn't even say hello to anybody. I just like drop my bag and go grab a ball and just start, start repping out shots. And so uh, it was, was, and like my sister played volleyball and we go to her all day volleyball tournaments and I would take my basketball and I was, you know, I was in like elementary middle school and I would just tell my parents, like, all right, I'll see you guys in like three hours. I'm gonna go find a court somewhere. And I just go walk around somewhere and find a court and shoot. And then one thing that I think is really interesting with uh, that my dad did for me and my dad was a, was a good player and a good shooter, but he, uh, when I was like five, six years old, he basically built a wooden, like out of two by fours and like wooden backboard. It was great full size rim, but put it at like six feet. And, and then each year he would put an extra two by four in it and he would just raise it a little bit. And so I I really learned proper form from a young age where I wasn't just jacking up shots on a 10 foot hoop. And so I go back to that. Like there's a, there's a picture of me when I'm like five years old shooting a shot. And it's like, I'm shooting a normal form shot, but I'm shooting on a, on a regulation size rim that was only at six feet. So um, that was it. And then, yeah, just, just kept shooting, shooting, shooting. Whenever I would go, I just shot when I was in college. I, I mean, that was when the gun first came out and I, yep. I, I felt like I pretty much broke that thing over there. Cause I took so many shots in the summertime on it. Yeah. And, and to preface for the audience, I'd consider myself a, a good shooter as well. I'm no Ross. I didn't do it at a, on a professional scale, but I lived in the gym, high school and college. Uh, and I could, I mean, if you hit me open, that thing was going in. I could, I could really fill it up because I spent so much time shooting. And I'm only saying that because I like what you said. You're like, I didn't really have like a number, but I, I would assume almost every day you just had this like, like it's almost like like I literally got to a point, man, where I was like, I don't, I can't like the day doesn't make, I would almost build my day around getting shots up. It's like, okay, yeah, I have class at this time or a lift in college, but it's like, I'm getting shots up at four and everything else is going to make sure because it was almost just like this itch. But I don't know if you've ever heard, I think it's JJ Reddick that has like, 
he makes like 311 shots every time he works out. I don't know if you've ever heard that. I'm pretty sure it's true. He has like, he has like an exact routine or had, uh, he's not playing anymore. Unfortunate to the great shooters out there, but um, just interesting to hear the different ways that that really good shooters approach it. I think uh, uh, I was a little on your wave and I, I kind of understand just, just finding a hoop, just getting shots up and sometimes just going to the hoop, figuring out what you're going to do once you get there. But just, just that uh, really uh, enjoying getting shots up. Cause I, I say all the time, there's no magic button to a perfect great jump shot. They're the main consistent theme amongst all great shooters is they just get them up a lot. Like yep. the best shooters in the world are the guys who just shoot all the time and shoot more than everyone else. And that's consistency, getting those shots up consistently. Now, when you do that, when you shoot consistently, when you're constantly in the gym, constantly seeing shots go in, it can build up our second trait that make a great shooter confidence, right? I think and this may be the number one. I, I honestly would myself argue, I think this is probably the most important thing for a shooter. I don't care how beautiful your form is. If you don't believe that ball is going in on a consistent basis, it's going to be tough. But that confidence is built from the consistent work. You don't just, I was training a kid yesterday and I was kind of talking about this message and I was like, look, you don't just wake up confident. You, you become confident after doing something so many times that you're like, no, I know I can make that shot. Um, I want to pass it to you for your thoughts on confidence, but Ross, I want to know as well. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Like, were you just like an oozing with confidence? Like, oh, if you let me see the light of day, it's going up and it's going in. Uh, to answer that quickly at certain times. Yes. Um, I mean, like I developed that, like when I, when I was younger, definitely not. I mean, when yep. I was, you know, in in like middle school, no, or early high school, I would say by the time I got to like my junior year of high school, I was playing with a really good team. I actually didn't start. Uh, we had four division one players on our team and I came off the bench. And again, that was a great situation because we had so many good players. I'd get a lot of open shots. So I think that yep. year actually developed it a lot. And I had a coach then who I had transferred schools and my coach, he's like a legend, uh, Rudy Carey around Denver. And he kind of in helped instill that in me of like, yeah, man, you can shoot, shoot it all shoot the time. It, yeah. Like, you know, get it up. We want you to get it up. Um, so that helped. And yeah. And then, I mean, I think as I, as I went on, like, you know, as I, as I had success in college and then overseas, you know, when, when you're playing pro and you have success, you have that confidence where it's like, yeah, yep. yeah. I, you, you give me the light of day. I'm, I'm knocking this down. Yep. Um, but you know, you go through bouts of, of missing shots and things like that, but that's where the overall theme of confidence plays in. And, and I think to yeah. your point of like, as we're going through all of these, all of these things, all four traits that we're going to discuss, I think you could make any one of them, number one, two, three, or four, right? There's no yep. kind of tried and true thing, but I think you said it perfectly of your, your confidence comes from your consistency. So it's like, you have to start with the physical work. So I have to start with making sure my body's in the correct position, my hands in the correct spot on the ball and my feet are set and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, the more that I can do that consistently, then I become more confident knowing that, Hey, I've done this a ton of times. I know exactly where it's going. Um, and I know what I'm doing. And then, you know, I think confidence comes from not worrying about those misses. Right. Yep. And that's a hard thing to say. Like it's, it, 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 it I think as coaches, it's, it's, it's easy for us to tell a player, Hey, don't worry about the misses for a, player it's hard to to work through that I was actually never one rarely was I one who would just like shoot my way through it in a game like if I had a really bad shooting game I might be like one for like six or seven but I was rarely that one who would be like two for 15 you know like yeah. I was like man I'm not making it I'm not making these shots today so that's where being a player other ways comes in like well I gotta go make plays for others maybe if I get another shot I'll knock it down but it's, maybe this is not my night you know 
Um, but that was my mindset. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. okay with it. By the time I got there, I'm, I'm okay with it not being my night. Cause I know tomorrow I could very easily go five for eight from three and I'm back on track. So that's just yeah. kind of the mindset that I have. Well, I think that's like a really good element of, again, if we're talking like really specifically from a, from a shooter's perspective, that's the way you got to think, man. It's not always going to go in a, as we're recording this, I guess it was two nights ago, Steph Curry had like his worst career yep. shooting performance ever uh, amongst one of his best seasons ever. And it's just like, there are just nights where what for that's the question we need to ask the basketball gods one day. Like, why are there those days where that ball <laughs> yeah. just won't go in? Why, why are there those days where you're shooting and it feels so good and it just won't go in. Uh, but, but it just happens sometimes. So I like how you're like, what, as a shooter realize that. And now can you go set screens? Can you grab some rebounds? Like there's other things you can do, but I, I really quick want to touch on one more topic. You were talking about the real confidence comes into play when you miss shots that's really when it it's easy to be confident when things are falling it's hard when you've missed your first four attempts in the first quarter you're really getting them up if you got up four threes in the first <laughs> quarter but if you miss those first four can you come back in the second quarter or second half and bounce back I just really quick before we move to number three do you have any advice for anyone listening or any way you approached missing shots and was there something you went to mentally to try to get over that? Or did you just try to keep playing? And like you said, focus on the other things you can do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think what I did and it goes to what I do with kids now, when I try to help guide them through a shot is think about your misses more than you're thinking about your makes in a mechanical sense, right. In a physical sense, like what did I do on that shot that made me miss it? And, and the better you get, the higher level you get at the more, consistency and confidence you have you can self-correct those things a whole lot easier right so it's like I know like I could go take a shot right now and I could tell you if like I could tell you I don't even need to see it get to the basket like right when it leaves my hands I could tell you yes. what I did wrong yep. with whether it was like I didn't get my legs under that or I my hand was funky or, or whatever it might be like I've, I've done it so many times I know I know it takes a while to get up to that but but that's what you just need to self-diagnose is like, okay, I missed those four shots. How did I miss those four shots? Was I rushing it? Did I not take a good shot in terms of like the flow of what we want to do as a team? Did I not get my legs into it? Did I not get my, my hand under it? Did I not hold my follow through? Like I always found, you know, when I really concentrated and just like, all right, I'm going to knock this down. I just held my follow through the whole way. It was like, yeah, I generally made that shot, but that's hard to do in a game, right? It's, it's hard to just continue to hold your follow through yep. all the way through that shot. So, you know, I think that's it. Just having that self-diagnosis of your own shot is, is super important and, and being able to work up to that point in, in your, you know, kind of basketball life is, is what you should strive for if you want to be a good shooter. Yeah. And we've had this, we've had that little bit of that conversation before right there. We both agree on kind of like using the misses as your data. That's your feedback. Use those to, to help you assess what's going wrong. If you're short, if you're left, if you're, <laughs> if you're long, I did hear a, a relatively general rule of thumb that I kind of went by in high school that my brother used to say as a shooter, he said, if you miss three shots, your next one has to be at the rim. So if you miss three, you got to get to the rim, find a way. If you miss three in a row, find a way to get to the rim and, and, um, and, and see the ball go through the net. So maybe that's a sure. little bit of a decent one for younger players, unless you are already a pro and you've been shooting consistently for years, then you know what you do. But as a young player, maybe a general little rule, you miss three in a row, find a way to get to the rim. Yep. Now, with consistency and confidence, right? You've got to work consistently. That's going to build some confidence. But somewhere along in there to really make shots, we're jumping into our third trait here. You're going to need some rhythm. Uh, and a lot of this comes from the physical side of the game, how you actually set your body up to take the shot, to get in rhythm. And then if you do that consistently, that will build confidence. Uh, Ross, 
again, to be frank with the listeners, we were shooting a few messages back and forth before this, um, just kind of discussing what we wanted to talk about. And you were the one who brought up rhythm. This was a little more on your end. So I really want to throw it to you to kind of explain more what you mean when you say rhythm as an important trait for a shooter. Yeah, I mean, I, I think rhythm is encompasses your entire physical process behind the shot. So it's, you know, first of all, how do I get my feet set? Are my feet ready to go when I catch the ball? I mean, that's what I think Steph Curry is so amazing at is that like he can take six dribbles and go through his legs and spin. And when he goes up for that shot, his feet are perfectly set all the time. And most good shooters are that way. He's just incredible because he can do it in so many different ways. Um, yep. but, I'm going to interrupt you. Hold on. On feet, yep. I have a question. Genuinely, I think me and Dan Decker on a on an episode a few weeks back had this talk. I just want to know, are you a believer that you must be 10 toes to the rim? What, what are your thoughts on the no. 10 toes of to the rim philosophy? My, my, my biggest thing, I say your toes just need to be pointing in the same direction. Okay. Like that's, I like that. that's, that, that's what I tell kids. Cause like I'm, I'm one who's probably a little more off to the, to the left. Like same. I look, yeah. I look at it as my, my, if I'm a right-handed player, which I am my right side, like where that ball releases from is what needs to be square to the basket. Like, okay. I've never understood to like square your shoulders to the basket. Cause like that doesn't feel comfortable to me. I want to, I want to square. I want to get my right shoulder in front and get that shooting arm in line with the basket. Yeah. So, so yeah. that means my hips and my, my feet are going to be turned a little bit, but your feet got to be pointed in the same direction so that yep. they can work your feet. Both feet can work as one basically is what I want. Um, and so that with the rhythm, I got my feet set. One thing that drives me absolutely insane watching high school basketball players. I say it all the time to them, even the best players, nobody gets ready to shoot. Like you have, you might have the best shooter who's one pass away and he's standing straight up. And I'm like, will yeah. you please just bend your knees and get ready to shoot? Like you will, I tell kids, you will increase your shooting percentage by probably seven percentage points just by bending your knees another two inches before you catch the ball. Cause you're just eliminating movement. It's like, I don't need to go down and then up now I'm already down. I maybe need to squat just a little bit and my motion is all up. And so that's, that's the second part of it. Then how am I catching the ball? Where am I placing my hand? I'm big with kids. Get your hand under the ball. That's why I tell them, get it under the ball. I actually think you, as a, as a young player, you should get your guide hand a little bit more to the front of the ball. And I actually shoot. And that's kind of, uh, you know, you'd have to kind of see it as, yeah. as I'm talking about it. But it's like, even when I shoot, it almost looks like my left hand is a touch in front of the ball because that just forces you to get your shooting hand totally under the ball. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. um, you know, keeping that ball close to your body. I think a lot of people get it extended too far out from their body. So like keep it close to your body and then your whole body is working as one as you're going up through the shot. And then one thing, uh, one last thing with hand placement too is, uh, I had a coach, I'm, I'm big on spreading your fingers out and like, you know, really getting it up on your, on your fingers and on your fingertips to shoot. I had a coach when I was in high school, I used to work out with him and he used to just drill me and my brother too, who was a really good player. He just drill us like, uh, like fingertips, fingertips, fingertips. I used to hate shooting with him. And my brother and I talk about it to this day. It was such a good trait for us because it developed so much of our touch. Just like he wanted you like totally on your fingertips, which I, I don't really advocate, but it was like, it, it made my touch so much better because I was feeling everything off of my fingertips. And that's ultimately where you're going to feel that shot. And then last part of rhythm is just, you know, going up through that shot, clean follow through elbow under it as well. And then holding your follow through all in, all in one motion. Yeah. I love the fingertip part. Um, 
uh, I'm a trainer as well. I work with a lot of kids and I am huge on the fingertips and touch. I, t- I, I love that you said the word touch. I talk about that all the time. And I, I think just advice for anyone out there listening, whether you're a parent with a kid or, or, or a young player listening, when it comes to rhythm and being a shooter, I think, and Ross, I'm going to bounce really quick off, off of you, but I think floaters, working on your floaters uh, can be such a good help to work on your rhythm and your touch and, and working on uh, two foot, little two foot floaters are fine, but I really like like one foot. I call them runners, like a little where you take a dribble in going off of one foot. And it's almost like you're shooting a form shot on the move and you're working on that little follow through at the end. Uh, and I just think if young players out there can work on making that super, super smooth, that floater, that follow through the way they lift, the way they follow through, and then really looking for swishes, looking for that ball to just softly fall through the net on a consistent basis. I'm convinced that will influence into your jump shot uh just any thoughts there on on advice for how players can work on their rhythm yeah yeah no that's i mean that that's that's great i I, i'm all for floaters and runners and and that was a very effective part of my game too um and i think it does teach you a lot of touch so that's that's a that's great advice i think another thing that i've really focused on recently with kids um and this is more younger kids talking you know fourth fifth sixth seventh graders even um i mean even high school kids i tell them that too is to make your shot softer, I always ask, what are you focusing on? What do you, what do you look at when you shoot? And, you know, younger kids, I just look at the basket. Oh, I look at the backboard. I look at the back of the rim. And I wasn't one who necessarily focused on something super specific, but I was always a front rim shooter. And my advice is always, you should think about getting that ball just over the front of the rim because mm-hmm. then it just makes it soft, right? It's like, yeah. even if you hit the front of the rim, it's soft. It might have a chance to go in. If you're aiming for the back rim, and you miss it long, it's like the thing's going to look ugly, right? You're going to hit yeah, the back yeah. of the rim. You're going to hit the backboard. It's going to bounce off super hard. So that that's another thing that I try to, to develop in terms of making a soft shot. And then rhythm too. I mean, I, I think to develop rhythm, like we do uh, with some of our teams around here, we do a lot of, we call it like Larry Bird, Larry Bird footwork because he used to do it. And it's just going around the perimeter, around the three-point arc. You spin it to yourself. And you just, you don't shoot the ball, but you have to get set in certain footwork patterns and you just keep going. So you do like five or six reps all the way around. And we just change up the footwork patterns. First one will be right, left step, and you got to get low and step into it. Then it'll be, you know, right, left step, crossover, dribble into a low setup. And then it'll be, you know, go dribble. And then it might be like a hop into it. Um, And that just helps you concentrate on like, how low am I getting? How do I feel my hips sinking under that shot? And how am I getting that ball in the proper position? And I'm not worried about the release because it's like so much of that beginning yeah. stuff comes from not the release. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you're doing that consistently, working to build that rhythm. And when you do that enough, it builds confidence. So three are knocked out. The fourth and final trait that makes a great shooter. Again, this is one that you brought up, the, the, the lingo of it, at least. And I really like it. And when you said it, I was like, yes, that's the one we've got to speak on. Uh, you listed be a hunter is what you said, be a hunter. And and I want to tell you what my immediate interpretation is. And then I want you to tell me when I think be a hunter, uh, it's a combination of those first three, because you have been consistently working on your rhythm, you are now confident. And now it's Listen, when I step on the floor, I know what I bring to this team. Again, if we are speaking from the perspective of a shooter, of someone who really specializes in that, I want to make it very clear out there to be a successful player. You got to be more than just a shooter. You got to be able to do a lot. But if that is the strong suit you bring to the game, when you step on that court, you got to be thinking every down screen I come off of every screen I set, 
I am then getting ready to, to get my shot off. I'm not coming off of a down screen just to come off the down screen so that we can get to the next action. I'm coming off looking to shoot every single time. And then if the defense takes it away, we keep playing. We move on to the next action. That's what I think when I think be a hunter. Uh, where are you at? This, this is the one you brought up. So I want to hear your exact definition of that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not much different than that. It's just a simple yep. fact of always being ready to shoot. When you're in your range, it's you always need to be ready. You need to catch it ready. You need to have your feet ready. You got to be in a stance. I want to try to catch the ball properly so that I know I can go right up into that shot. Um, it's 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 all that stuff. And this is actually this this uh, term um, is from one of uh, a guy who coached high school hoops with me for the last three years. I was a varsity coach. He was my assistant. He's worked in the NBA. And uh, he's coached a lot with us. His kid plays for us with pro skills. And so he, he's the one who always coined this term. And I, I love I love it in terms of just looking for your shot and looking for your shot, like you said, in the right at the right time, like not yes. just coming out and jacking up shots. And and I think, you know, we talk a lot about this from like, a, oh, you're a shooter on the court, like you're the designated shooter of the team. So you're going to you know, you're the one who needs to be the hunter. I also look at coaches and like I go watch a lot of like or, you know, I watch a lot of basketball. I mean, this year in college basketball, I've watched a lot of games, multiple levels. I've honestly been kind of disappointed. And then I'm like, I haven't seen anybody who's really shooting the ball that well right okay. now. And and I, a lot of it is I wonder what those kids work on and what their mindset is behind all the things we've talked about. I also think from a coaching standpoint, you have to instill that confidence in players like my if you would have watched my high school team the last few years, we weren't the most skilled team. We weren't the, the most athletic team. But every single guy on my team had confidence to shoot the ball because we shot and I told them, if you are open and we have moved the ball, you've got to get a shot up. We might not get a better look than that. And our players loved it. Right. And it was like they we had games where there were all of a sudden where, yeah, you guys hit 16 threes. And this random guy who's not really that good of a shooter, he knocked down five threes because he had that mindset and he knew that I wasn't going to get on him every time he took a shot. I'd get on him if he took a bad shot, a force shot without moving the yep. ball. But man, you move the ball. If you have five hunters on a court, you got five people who are being a hunter on the court and they all have the confidence to shoot. You're going to have a pretty good team. You're going to you're going to have a pretty dangerous team, I should say. Shots aren't always going to go in, but like you're going to have a game or two where you hit a ton of threes and people are going to be like, "Man, what just happened? That team just kind of blindsided us because yep. every kid is willing to shoot." And I like how you brought it from the coach's perspective of uh, creating an environment where uh, people can be hunters, where your players can can have that mentality of I, I know what I'm capable of. Not only that, my coach believes in me. So now uh, we have the ultimate uh, uh, hunter consistency, yep. confidence, rhythm and be a hunter. The four traits that make a great shooter. Again, there are many more than this. Uh, there are, there are just so many elements to being great at anything you do, but I really think if you tried to narrow it all down, these are four of the major, major, major pillars that really do set apart uh, a great shooter from a good shooter. Ross, I want to throw it back to you one more time. If, if there is anyone listening, whether they're a parent, they're a player, um, and they're here with us 30 minutes in, uh, do you have any just kind of word of advice to any shooters out there? Uh, just any final thoughts on, on becoming and being a great shooter? I would say for a player, you know, don't be afraid to go through periods of adjusting your shot and missing shots, you know, in order to become a better shooter. And that said, though, don't wait until you're a junior in high school to change your shot. You're a junior in high yeah. school trying to play on a varsity team. It's like, yeah, that's this can be tough. Like you're you, you've taken a lot of shots. If you're in middle school, that's the time to change it. I spent my seven. I can think back on my seventh, eighth, ninth grade year. That was when I was really trying to adjust things. 
And I probably didn't shoot the ball that well during those years, but it didn't matter. Like, you know, it mattered to me at the time that I was missing shots and that's what eventually developed my mindset, but it didn't matter from a, from a, you know, our team loss. Cause I didn't make shots. When you get the varsity basketball though. It's like, yeah, now, now there's a little more pressure on it. There's more emphasis. There's more people watching. Like, yep. yeah, you, you don't have the time to change your shot then. So I would say from a, a player's perspective, you know, try to change your shot early. Don't worry about misses when you're changing your shot from a parent perspective. I'd say just let your kid work through it. Right. Don't, don't, don't harp on them um, about, you know, Hey, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. You know, if they are working with a coach like one of us, or they're playing for one of our teams or some other team, hopefully that coach is giving them some shooting advice. Maybe they're working through that, you know, and then give them, give them simple tips and try to help them build their confidence that way. Um, I think I think that goes a long way is like just allowing them to shoot and to miss. Right. It's also the same thing, like in, in the same vein of a parent or a coach who who gets mad at, at, you know, like, oh, man, you're just jacking up way too many threes. It's like, yeah, well, maybe you need do you do need to go do other things on the court. But it's like it's also where the game is, too. Like we, we need to space yep. the game out. We need to be able to shoot. You got to be able to do it early. I, I was shooting long shots when when I was when I was young. And and that's one last kind of mechanical thing that you can do. Uh, that one of our coaches and I was talking about the other day is shoot deep shots. Like you, you have, when I, I can still make a mistake from 15 feet away and the shot can go in, right? Like I, I can, I can make a mistake with something that went on, but I'm like, I'm close enough. The shot can go in step back. If you're a young kid, step back to the high school three. If you're a middle school or, or young high school kid shoot an NBA three. And like, I, I've done that a lot where like I've taken, I've come in the gym and I shoot a ton of deep shots. And then I scoot in to like a, regular three and i mean it's just like shooting a layup because it's like i was i was shooting that deep i could i could more um i don't intentionally correct or think about what i was doing incorrectly and then make it better coming in no i love it shooting deep shots takes a lot of rhythm too just to just to be clear you got to really work that but no awesome stuff ross uh great conversation for our audience out there listening give us a follow at pro skills basketball on instagram and facebook and at pro skills b-ball on twitter we're constantly posting content about uh stuff just like this how to become a better shooter point guard all types of roles so stay tuned with our content ross thanks for chatting today that's all for the youth hoops pod we'll be back soon with another conversation thanks and